reality, wheat changing into bread, bread changing into Christ, wheat then becoming flesh, the symbolic sacrifice of Christ becoming the real sacrifice of Uncle Leonardo. He even thought in shame that he was about to retch, because the blood was on him now too, and the priest had been calling for God's blood, the sacrament had become a devil's sabbath, and instead of doing anything, he was frozen thinking that Father Ratti at school had explained that the bread was still Christ, even if it fell to the floor and was covered with dust and dirt and muck. And blood, he wondered. Because all physical appearance was accident, and the spiritual essence remained the same, it was still God, whatever the physicality of the accident. You had to understand those terms to pass the final examination in religious knowledge. So, in his vertigo, he thought crazily, we have come here to eat flesh and drink blood. But then he knew he would not retch. I am a Celline, and even a Malatesta. But everybody and his brother and a few of their cousins seemed to be pushing and running now, some trying to flee and some attempting to get to the scene of the atrocity to help Uncle Leonardo. And the priest was still standing as if frozen, looking back over his shoulder absurdly, almost like a man who suspects a hole in the seat of his breeches the host high above his head, the mystical presence of God, looking down on the way men butcher men, in this year of our Lord, 1764. And there he was, the boy Sigismundo, trying to rise, trying to push past Mama and Aunt Gina to help Uncle Leonardo, but still seeing it as a fresco, a scene painted by Lippi or Angelico, unchanging like the arrow in Zeno's paradox, not able to move, whispering, I am not a coward, although nobody was listening to him, seeking perhaps to explain to himself why he was immobilized. And then the murderers retreated all at once, the four of them like a staged tableau in an opera by Vivaldi, four swarthy southerners in plain black wool, moving outward toward the four corners of the church and leaving Uncle Leonardo suddenly alone in the gold-embroidered brocade of the Malatestas, even more like a painting their black against his bright colors, and he was able to move then, Sigismundo, leaping the pew to charge at the nearest assassin and immediately getting a good grip on the weapon arm, the arm that could kill, trying to swing the swine around to land a punch in his face, and surprised at how easy it was, the Siciliano spinning lightly, quickly, almost like a child's top, just the way Giancarlo Tanone, master of fencing, said a man should spin if you exerted a push and a pull in that way and then it was not what the boy had planned, because before he could land a punch he felt the stinging and the wetness and knew he had been stabbed himself. It was impossible. He was holding the dirty hound's dagger arm, and he was still trying to understand, still holding the dagger arm, when he felt a second stinging slash and realized the Siciliano had caught him with the oldest trick in the book. The filthy foul dog's get had a second dagger in his left hand, God curse him and plague the town he was born in. And as he lost his grip, not knowing if he was slashed on an artery, the boy Sigismundo stared directly into the eyes of the assassin, eyes with a strange glint of violet swimming in the black, and saw that which he could not, would not believe. The Siciliano did not want to kill him. No, more. The assassin, who was a youth, only a few years older than Sigismundo himself, was determined and resolved not to kill him, as if he had sworn it on his mother's grave at a full moon, and perhaps even spit over his shoulder. 
Sigismunda was being preserved for something else. You could read that much in a man's eyes sometimes, Uncle Pietro claimed. It was the witch power, and it came to everybody, not just the strege, at special moments of excitement. If you were open to it, Uncle Pietro said, it would tell you what your opponent in a fight was going to do next. But then Sigismundo stumbled, the whole church spinning weirdly for a moment, because he was nauseated by so much of his own blood spurting from his arm, like life itself leaving him in a visible crimson rush, and the assassin tore loose and fled. Sigismundo thought, they train them young in Sicily, and then, his face was familiar, but damn my eyes if I know where I ever saw him before. And then he allowed himself to think a wry joke. God Almighty, in the morning, maybe he allows himself only one murder on an Easter Sunday. It may be his kind of piety. Maybe.